Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hello, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so you might as well hear something that's going to make a difference or be something to incorporate in your own journey. We are super blessed today to have one of my longtime friends, Sarah Michelle, with us here on the podcast today. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, gosh. Well, we go so far back, and you have had such a a wonderful career with so many facets that I think our listeners are really going to enjoy learning about you. So um, tell them right now what you're doing, and then we're going to go back to how the heck did you get here. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So um, my title is I'm Vice President of Professional Connexity, and Connexity is a Silicon Valley term that we discovered that in the early 90s, when the first social media platforms were coming on, like remember MySpace? Yes. Things like that. The, the, they were looking at how do we get, how do we build an online community where people are going to want to share and connect? And they took the word connecting and community and they merged them together and came up with connexity. Oh. So that's where that comes from. So I work with large national associations, um, some corporate, but mostly uh, associations on their um, meeting strategy. So their face-to-face meeting strategies. And so I'm part of a team of seven and we all have different expertise and connexity. Obviously, I'm focusing on how do we deliver more um, connecting and community value at face-to-face meetings and deliver networking value. And so I design a lot of um, uh, different aspects of the meeting, bake it into the overall design of the meeting. And then I still do some speaking um, and facilitation for clients. But a lot of times I'm kind of designing the experience, which is really fun. Well, yeah, well, experience marketing, of course, is something that I know very well. And, and it's really what, you know, it really what makes makes the the juice, mm-hmm. really, when people can come together, and maybe they're absolute strangers. And in just a few days, or whatever the length of the meeting, they really have to connect for business reasons, they need to connect and feel valued and, and respected by their employer. There's so many things with that. So it, you're kind of like an architect of yeah, meetings a little yeah. bit. I actually call myself kind of an experience architect is a term I use a lot. But you know, it's funny when when I was uh, a speaker for you know decades, I did that. Uh, my, it was always networking was my my expertise, and I always knew that because in my in my sessions, I always made people interact. I always had them get up and talk to people. They had to do something in my session. And I always saw the value of face-to-face. So when meetings kind of went into a tailspin with the economy change, um, I wanted to be in the other side of showing the value of face-to-face because now it's what people are craving. Face-to-face is really rare. Um, to And so like what you do with Camp Experience, I mean, bringing people together face-to-face has become rare. And we are living in a digital world. We weren't designed for that. And so when I, I think the value of bringing people together in a, in a situation like a conference or retreat or it is is sometimes really life-changing and and people are really starving for that connection and so it's it's kind of never been more important than it I, is I would agree you know the feedback I get is people especially women have a hard time taking two and a half days off no. for themselves and that's really 
scary when we think about how much we give to others and how much we fill up everyone Mm -hmm. else. And then when it comes to, gosh, can I take a couple days, two and a half days Mm -hmm. where I can relax and connect with other women. And when they do, we get such incredible feedback because, you you know, it's, it's a time that it's safe to be yourself. And it's a time where the, the other women are like-minded. They want to help somebody else. And so it's not a sales thing. It's just, just fun. And, uh, yeah, after 15 years of doing that, that's been kind of the number one feedback. It's like like real human yeah. beings. Yeah, I mean, uh, loneliness is killing people. It's the number one killer right now. And it's it's at epidemic proportions. And it's, you know, I really think the, the industry of meetings and bring people together has really honestly never been more important, the work that we do. Because it, it literally is, is people are isolated and people are... I, I see people at meetings that, uh, you know, work for the same company have never met. Yeah. And they've been on the same team together and they're seeing each other face to face for the first time. And I just don't think we were designed to be to connect digitally. I think I think there's don't get me wrong. I think there's great community that can happen online, but nothing replaces that face to face connection when we have eye contact and there's trust and rapport that's built and I'm going to share with you and I'm going to you're going to share with me and we're going to build a deep connection that doesn't happen that kind of level of connection can't be replaced online I would agree I would agree so much we'll take everyone back because you know here you are in this big VP job and I remember when you were on the speaking circuit everywhere Mm -hmm. and you're still doing a lot of that but go back I think people would be curious. Did you grow up as that kid that thought, you know, I want to be the organizer of the the backyard carnival and I'm going to do the Easter seals, you know, fundraising and like if you look back what in your childhood and your educational um, path brought you to where you are today? You know, I was, um, you know, kind of really into theater. I was a theater kid. Um, I was doing going to theater school camps in the summers and the drama team and plays and all that. And I actually thought I was going to be an actress. That was kind of my plan. And then I, you know, my I ended up going to college, but I ended up getting into therapeutic recreation. And so I it was always up in front of people. I was, you know, leading activities and things like that. So I was always comfortable with that part of with with being up in front of people and I guess kind of organizing I was always the one that was hosting the parties and doing things like that but I, one of my earliest memories is my parents my father was a um, senior partner of a law firm and they entertained a lot and I've I'm one of five kids I'm the middle kid of five and I was always the one my parents wanted to work the crowd so like it's <laughs> memories of seven and eight years old like working my parents friends um, entertaining them and, you know, felt pretty proud about that Mm -hmm. because they didn't invite my other siblings. They only wanted me to be in there. That's right. But um, uh, yeah, so I ended up, you know, kind of a weird path. I ended up going into human resources and then um, was a recruiter for for large hospital systems. And I started doing brown bag lunches for our employees about resume writing because I was interviewing and hiring people and I saw bad resumes and I, I saw what it took to get interviewed and interviewing skills. And that led to, well, would you come speak at this college? And my kids, you know, blah. and then that's kind of what got me off into the speaking. And I went out on my own and I, for about, oh my God, I think it was about 14 years, I had my, you know, my own speaking training, consulting, and what, and it was great, and it was really wonderful, but what I was always craving was collaboration and, and being part of a team. It's really kind of a lonely thing being I a, know. A, as a speaker that everybody thinks it's so glamorous. You're, you know, standing ovations in one minute, and the next minute you're all alone eating dinner by yourself in your room because of you're course. too embarrassed to go down to the 
restaurant by yourself, so you're doing room service. So it's a weird gig, and I, um, I really, I was tired of hearing my own voice, and I was starving for team. So Velvet Chainsaw was a firm that I had been um, stalking. I loved their work. I was reading everything they were putting out. They were so progressive. And so the stars align, and we cross paths, and actually... Gina Shrek has a lot to do with that. A mutual friend of ours is, was a big, big person that helped me get introduced to them. And um, I, they said, come play with us because they really knew, they knew at that point that networking was kind of the, it was going to become the reason why people would go to a meeting because information's at our fingertips 24-7. Right. You're not going to a conference to get more content. Mm -hmm. You're going to a conference to make sense of the content you're drowning in. And so they realized building in more social and more networking and more opportunities for collaboration at face-to-face -face was the future. So they asked me to join them. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure I'm employable. Like, I haven't worked for somebody. Yeah, really? A you job? Know, a job? Yeah. I was like, you know, let's give this six months and we'll see. And here I am seven years later. Yeah. Well, it's so. such a match made in heaven. I think it's so great being a speaker that you bring that perspective also to the meeting planners because you've been on yeah. the stage and you've seen a disconnected speaker when they throw you in as I did so many years when I was on the road and mm -hmm. you walk in from no one it's Thursday it must be yeah. Poughkeepsie <laughs> and you go down the holiday and remember and try to not get the smoking room even though you put it right. in the profile and mm -hmm. uh, then you get up in the morning and nobody's prepared and nobody knows who you are and the yeah. difference in that into yeah. a really integrative strategic um, you know really win-win for everyone that the employees and the guests really feel loved and appreciated and, and make a memory yeah. and that the, the management really can illustrate their care and feeding of their tribe and, yeah, and someone it, like it, you can pull yeah, that all together. It does. It does really help being um, working both sides of the table, you know, and really knowing, I mean, I do a lot of um, recommending of who are the right people to, you know, who are the right speakers for the right moment and for the right uh, audience. And so that's really fun because I've, um, I, you know, I know what it takes um, to, to really, to, I usually understand the client so well. So I end up often speakers that I recommend, you know, being able to coach them around, these are the pain points, and this is what you need to do. And it's really fun to see, to see that come together, you know, for clients. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, and welcome back to Boost Power Podcast. Well, now we're going to dive into that. That all sounds really great, but let's talk about things that all the women are thinking like, well, that probably was really easy, this big fancy career. And what about the rest of your life? And I know you've been a fantastic life partner and a wonderful mom to two beautiful daughters that I've watched grow up. And um, tell us a little bit, how did you balance, you know, being a speaker on the road and, and having kids and, and some of, you know, the, the, I don't know, challenges of trying to do it all a thousand percent because that's what you do, whether it's leadership mm. for the National Speakers Association as a volunteer or you're the neighborhood um, fundraiser for your daughter's school. You know, I know you give a thousand percent. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what would you tell other women that you've learned from your path? You know, I um, I was so fortunate that I I ended up, you know, I realized there was just no way I could do it without support. So I ended up very fortunately, over the span of about 10 years, had four different college 
um, girls who were all going to either Colorado College and my I lived in Colorado Springs at the time or Colorado um, CU uh, and the um, at the C the Colorado Springs campus, and I had over the t- period of ten to twelve years four different girls that were all amazing that are still close to my daughters um, who are now grown you know twenty seven and and twenty two but. Um, and so they, they would come into my, our lives and they would, I would mentor them and they would, um, be kind of nannies. And some of them actually kind of worked a little bit in my business as well. I always worked from home. And so that's how I, I mean, I could not imagine doing it without that support. So I was able to kind of, you know, like, you know, when I would travel, they would come either come stay. I mean, Fred was, my husband's, you know, pretty busy physician. So I could never, I always had to kind of have lots of backup, but I, it was a team sport and my girls, you know, I watched, I remember Taylor's graduation. One of my favorite memories of her graduation party was a picture we had taken with the four different nannies. And they all came back, but these were, they're it like takes sisters. They're like yeah. sisters to the girls. And so yeah, I'm indebted to those those women. But, you know, I always, I never really kind of worked full time. I mean, sometimes I'd be on the road for four days for sure. But when I was home, I, I really, you know, tried to, um, you know, really balance that pretty well. And, and it, worked, right. it worked pretty great. I know you were involved in the schools and fundraising for the schools and so many of the great things down in the community in Colorado Springs. And, and as you've gone into your career, uh, one of the platforms you've always had is, you know, your networking really has to do with your net worth as mm-hmm. a person and what you bring mm-hmm. to a company, what you bring to the world, really. Mm-hmm. So what would be some things you would tell listeners for their business that you've learned along the way, you know, are really the tried and true um, what to do to really build the network? Because I think now there's lots of gadgets and gizmos and mm-hmm. there's so much social media. There's a hundred different platforms that all want you to be, you know, mm-hmm. participating in them. But, um, you know, what have you learned is the tried and true real relationship building? You know, it, uh, as you, as you mentioned, I, um, coined the term net worthing and it, it's really, you know, what I found, and this was back when one of the, after I started doing recruiting for after, before I started my speaking business, I was working in outplacement consulting. So I was like, remember the movie up in the air? I was like the George Clooney in the other room when you got told, you know, you no longer need your services, go talk to her to figure out your next life. And it was always fascinating to me when I would say to them, tell me about your network. And usually I had this look. Um, of stunned across at me, sitting across from me saying, well, what do you mean? You mean the people whose phone calls I never returned? The lunches I never went to because I was too busy? And I realized in that moment, the worst time to build a network is when you really need one. Right. And and so I, it was fascinating to me that people only saw networking as a transaction, something you did to get something. And if there wasn't going to be a tangible result, what was the point of doing it? And so I began this like mission to get people to look at it differently. And I, I think it was um, something that my mother really role modeled for me. And she was a very successful realtor and, and watching how she built, how she just constantly put out and connected people. And, and then it would come back to her in the most creative way, sometimes years later. But it was, so that was really a role model for me in my, in my early forming years. But so um, I, I think the biggest thing I would say is to, um, number one, you know, don't don't wait till you're in crisis to build a network. Um, and also treat, look, you know, it's really not about you. It's what can you be doing for other people? The more you kind of look for ways to be a resource to others, I like to say stand in the intersection of your network 
and look for ways, to, and you're so great at this, look for ways to connect people that need to know people. And it's every time you're doing that, you're worth, you're, you're kind of doing these, these social capital points. And um, and it's there's really, I don't think, is a, a better feeling when you know you've made a connection and you find out that these two people you connected are now doing work together, they're dating or you know, whatever. married or whatever. All kinds of agendas. There's nothing better to right. know you were stood in the intersection of that. And, you know, in business, it's, you know, today we crave authenticity. We can smell a, a what I, you know, call a network climber or a network user. We can smell those people a mile away. And when you're really looking for, you know, how can I live my life looking for ways to be a resource to others um, and and when what will happen is, is what you, is when you really those people will come around you when you really need them. Um, in ways you can't even possibly imagine. But it's also your, um, you know, it's really, it's just, it's just an amazing life when you spin it that way. It's not about what people can do for you. It's what you can do for them. Well, and I have to add in here, you know, my favorite one, because we're mentioning mothers. And, you know, I lost my mother this year. So mm -hmm. she's in heaven down looking at us right now. And um, it's always that personal thank you note. As It's mm -hmm. just always been my thing as yeah. I write a thank you note, no matter thick and thin. And I just went back and visited in my city in Indianapolis, Indiana. And sure enough, I went to a cocktail party 20 years later. 20 years later, and there were still people at that cocktail party that remembered me from 20 years ago. Oh. And it was really fun to be with my friend and her friends. And it was like the cheers bar, Betsy! <laughs> and I'm like, well, because when I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, I made a name for myself, and I always, you know, really yeah. built those relationships. Yeah. So, And I, I know you also had a personal story where your network came in handy when you uh, had that little battle with cancer. Mm, yeah. Yeah, almost, uh, gosh, I, th I think it's been like 17 years now. But yeah, I, I went through Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was, you know, at that point, my youngest was in kindergarten, my oldest was in fifth grade. And it's amazing to me, the the people that, um, that came that that brought meals. And you know, you and I don't cook, we have that in common. And, right? You know, my family never ate so good during that but you know it was it was amazing to me the people that showed up and and often it wasn't people that i knew very well in some cases never met at all they were coworkers of my husband's and um you know that strength of weak connections and weak ties and you just never know and people that would show up and say well 2 years ago you took the time to look at a resume and you gave me advice and here's a meal i wanted to bring over to you you yeah. know 2 years later um, so it was, you know, I, my girls made me, um, uh, print out every single email I got, every single card I was given. And we put it into this large three, you know, three inch thick binder. And they made a cover. I still have it in my office. It says mom's cancer blessings on it that Taylor drew and Maddie drew on it. And, um, I, those all went in there and that thing weighs about 14, 15 pounds. And they made me, I dragged, I took it to all my radiation appointments when I finished radiation you know, just remind me of the power of my network and right. how it was so much bigger than me. Well, um, you know, my yeah. best story with you is when I was just starting the Camp Experience Network and I had just met you. You're just an acquaintance and I had donated something to one of your cancer things. And I was new into the National Speakers Association and I knew we both shared the interest in shopping and probably saving money would be good. And so <laughs> I kind of conned you into a lunch and a coffee on a shopping trip to talk about the Camp Experience Network and you were so gracious. I still remember you saying, it's funny, I was just praying about thinking about being really valuable in mm -hmm. an intention 
to help somebody connect on something really big and really put that out there. And then you show up yeah. with this huge idea and then yeah. you were able to bring a charity on board. Yeah. And then now, you know, we're, we're over a million dollars and 5,000 women. Yeah. And it was um, incredible. It was, yeah, I, I, I remember everything about that. I do too. I remember shopping that day yeah, and, and, look, and just looking at you and going, this is like, this thing has legs. This idea is huge. Um, gosh, so, no, the dream was, was huge at that moment. And now the idea has been 15 years later, 15 years later but it, we just want to thank you from everyone in the network for all the times you've spoken. Oh. And we um, hope we're hopeful that we will see you at the big anniversary celebration mm, this I year so too. because, uh, you know, just when you enter a room, you just really light everyone up and, and they're so, um, interested in you mm -hmm. and your journey. So thank, thank you, you so much for all that you've done. Um, so what are you excited about now? Because, you know, gosh, your kids are launched and mm. not that you're not still involved with them, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're out of the house and um, Fred's got a new job. You're living mm -hmm. on a lake. <laughs> Life is good. What are you excited about? Oh, my gosh. I'm excited about... Um, you know, kind of, you know, our, our youngest is not quite large. She'll be graduating in, in June, but we're going to do a really fun trip with the girls. Um, we're going to Bali and Thailand for three weeks, just the four of us. Um, so that might be the last time that happens. Um, so that's really fun. So we've got some fun trips, but I'm, you know, I'm still really um, excited about the work I'm doing and what we talked about in the beginning of this, you know, the importance of face-to-face -face and, and that, you know, meetings really have never been a more important role. So I've got some really fun projects and working with um, people that really, you know, want to serve their attendees in, in a way that's at, at a different level than they've ever been at before. So I've got some fun projects down the road and some um, some fun travel and it's, you know, just keep doing some it. Work. Uh, and paddleboarding, by the way. Oh, paddleboarding on the lake. lake. Okay. I got it really into paddleboarding. So okay, good. I'm going to come out at me. least watch you paddleboard. And we are sitting in <laughs> the world headquarters here doing our podcast next to a picture of you and I in the front row of the Elton oh John concert gosh, with our signed uh, concert program from our Elton John here in the Elton John shrine here in the that studio. Is, there is a shrine. So, um, you know, we've had some very fun together, and I look forward to a lot of fun in our future. Uh, Sarah, how would people contact you if they're interested in hiring Velvet Chainsaw, if they want to know more about you as a speaker, or if they just want to, you know, shout out and send some blessings yeah, your Vel way? It's really easy. Velvetchainsaw.com. That's the name of the company. Okay. And you can find me on the, on the website. There you go. That's Sarah Michelle. Well, we end with this very fun interaction because, you know, we're all about interaction. So you're going to draw a card from our dream. Dream Big Live Big Deck. These and cards then, are so fabulous if you've never seen them before. Just, they're they're just, made by a very fancy artist, the Dream Big Live Big Deck, and you're going to answer a random card. What is your oh my gosh. question today? List three exciting dreams. Oh, exciting Three dreams. exciting dreams. Um, okay, so I, I definitely at some point want to live on an ocean. Okay. Now living on a lake, crystal clear, I'm a water person. So at some point, I don't know what coast, I don't know which ocean, but I will be on an ocean. Um, what else? I, I would like to do, um, I'm not sure. I, I got another, um, something career, something, something I'm going to do. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but there'll be probably another, okay, another something. All right. And, um, third thing, third dream. Um, oh, can it? Can it be for a female president? It can be whatever you want it to be. 
Yeah. yeah. I want a female president. Okay. Maybe one of your daughters. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> Maybe think you. For it. No, okay. not me. Definitely not me. And we know it's not me. In so. my lifetime, I okay. want a female president. A lifetime and female president. Yeah. Awesome. I, well, what I would love about a female president is the perspective and the leadership style that I believe women bring exactly. to the table. The intuition and the uh, emotional the gift of intelligence. Collaboration. collaboration, emotional intelligence. Multitasking. The style points. Um Doug watches that Madam Secretary, and yeah. now she's president, you know, and I think <laughs> I think that's as close as we're going to get this week. Um, but, you know, well, Sarah, you are just a joy and a gift to the world, and thank you for the leadership you have graciously done for the National Speakers Association. Uh, that that's It's a big job that you've always taken on all these years, and thank you for all the fundraising and good you've done in Colorado Springs and all the communities for the love you've given to our camp network and ditto, for being ditto. such a great mom and... And we love Fred, and we can't wait to have many, many years uh, playing with you. You've been listening to Boost Power Podcast, and today is the first day of the rest of your life. So make it great. Listen to one of these tips and implement it. Just go out there and live your best life. Please share this podcast with another friend that just needs to be uplifted and needs to meet our Sarah. And just uh, take this take this day and make it your best. This has been Betsy Wearsma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.